Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the second season of Frog Flicks. It's episode four. I'm Richard Edgman, one of your hosts, joined by... Michelle Carter. And Andrew Van Houston. And we're going to start with Tales of the Trade. And I know normally I've started with Netflix uh, in last episodes, but Michelle, you said you had some stories of Netflix kind of business model changing. Yeah, so this past week, uh, Netflix announced that they're going to be opening a new office in Mexico City. Uh, Ted Sarandos was there at a forum, and he announced that uh, later this year they're going to be opening this new office there. But he also announced that they're planning on producing over 50 new um just films and TV shows in Mexico within the next two years. I know they have a, a, a slate of just original content with uh, The House of Flowers, among other you know TV shows and movies that they've been producing these past years. But now it's like an official new hub of of Netflix outside of the United States. So that's really interesting. Yeah, fifty. 50. That's a lot. Five oh. Yeah. Over two mm-hmm. years? Yeah. That's a lot. Do we know if it's TV shows or like seasons? It's just like it's just content. 50 kind of original titles or 50 programs. It's a little bit of everything. Right now they have a I, – I, I don't know the exact number, but I've seen that they have at least 10 original shows that they're going to be adding new seasons to of all of them. And then with Roma, you know, obviously it's causing just a new boom and new interest in Mexico right now. Yeah. So they're probably going to have – um, just new films and stuff. And here in this article that was on Variety, they have the a list of just a bunch of um, people that are involved in these projects, actors, directors, and and so they're just really upping the ante on Mexican productions in the next few years. That's exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be a really good time. I mean, their their expansion in California with like new studio space, yes. like how much they're growing mm-hmm. over this like just this last year, really, yeah, yeah. is just, just impressive. And especially, and I know we'll get way more into the Academy stuff coming soon. And I know with Roma getting a lot of critical mm-hmm. attention, I can see just a lot of people becoming way more interested in this kind yeah, of content. That's for sure. Yeah, and the fun part about the announcement was that they made a sort of like a carpool karaoke with the stars of some of Netflix's uh, main programs. And so you had like some of the actors from House of Flowers, Ingobernable, um, Club de Cuervos, and things like that. And now at the announce, official announcement at the forum, Diego Luna was there because he's the star of Nar- Nar- Narcos Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so they're bringing that back for a second season. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what they produce out of there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really interesting. And how about you, Richard? I know that you had some more international news to share I, with us. I do, I do. So people may know that I'm a horror fan, and in the horror world, we have kind of a big announcement this week. So Romero, the guy behind Night of the Living Dead, and kind of z- brought the zombie myth to like the world. Uh, two of his films, which have been previously kind of and not been able to, for distribution for at least over a decade now um, from the producer, uh, has gotten a UK release. Dawn of the Dead and his other kind of small indie film, Martin, are now going to be released in the UK, 4K ultra restorations. Uh, I think Martin will be 2K, but both will be overseen by the director of photography for both films and kind of ensures that everything's going to be, you know, the same quality. It's going to include a bunch of extra features. Dawn of the Dead will have the Dario Argento cut as well as the kind of unrated cut that Romero did for himself. Um, and these things have kind of been lost. I mean, if you Google Dawn of the Dead now, the mm-hmm. Blu-ray and DVDs go for $150, dollars So they want—they're not going to come to America yet. But there was issue in last December over the producer uh, Richard J. Uh, Rubenstein for he was going to threaten to burn the negatives if the Criterion Collection did not agree to nice. his demands. Yeah. But it does seem like a deal has been made. Okay. So someone else is getting these prints. So there's hope that we'll come here in America. 
within, you know, maybe a year or so. Yeah, but soon. good news for where there was absolutely none mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited, but <laughs> Yeah, definitely not really. Oh, super niche. I'm not gonna pretend. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But it is like it's kind of weird, like we, we talk about streaming ability and, and having mm-hmm. always having this access to stuff and we're getting to the age now where some of your kind of traditional movies are running out the clock of they're being lost to time through copyright laws and stuff. So it's nice that this one came back in. Yeah. So the content's going to first go into the UK. Yeah. So only a a British uh, distri- distribution company got it. So. But people from America could probably just find I, a way. I have already looked. I have already looked at buying a, a region encoded DVD player. I oh, will not lie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's ways to. Oh yeah, absolutely. Get, beat the system. Absolutely. Beforehand. But it'd be nice. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, I think um, it sounds cool. I wish I knew a little more about yeah, it's, you know, his backstory and background. Unfortunately, I don't. But it could be a fun, <laughs> fun thing. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're a horror fan, and you haven't seen him. Uh, you might have seen the Zack Snyder remake of Dawn of the Dead. Right. Okay. Um, right. So it's kind of it's a little bit sillier than that. Almost mm-hmm. it's that '80s vibe kind of B movie. But both are worth checking out if you're a fan of you know zombie movies or horror movies. So take a, keep it on your radar. Look out. Cool, awesome. Yeah. How about you, Andrew? What do you have? Uh, well, I think I have something that every film fanatic is probably either raging about or they just have a lot of questions. But as we all know, um, with the Oscars coming up, there are four categories, cinematography, film editing, live action short, and makeup and hair. And all four of them will be presented during commercial breaks. This, so yeah, and this was officially confirmed. This now. is this is a mm-hmm. this is officially confirmed. We knew the rumors about cinematography last week, but now we're kind of we got the official confirm earlier this week. And so what they're planning on doing is during commercial breaks, they're going to be doing the announcements, and then by the end of the show, they're going to show the winners, and they're just going to cut the parts where they walk up the stage where they announce, it's just gonna be very quick, easy for them to hear about it. And so these four categories are not gonna be um, presented live, but they will next year because they're gonna be trying to do a rotation system between four and six categories every year. They're gonna find four. My guess is they're going to be more of the minor ones. I doubt they're going to do... They're not going to do Best Actor. They record Best Picture. Yeah, exactly. They're going to save that for last every time. Exactly. So they're going to go on a rotation system. So these four will be exempted from being unaired, if that makes makes sense, in um, 2020. Yes. And so there's been a lot of people in the filmmaking industry who are very upset about this. I know Guillermo del Toro has been tweeting a lot about it. You have Spike Lee, uh, Quran, a lot of a lot of there's this open letter where people are saying that this is not fair and this is an insult to the industry. And I totally I totally agree. What, what do y'all think? Yeah, I'm in the same camp. I think like there's a lot of, one thing that's in the letter is you have directors, editors, mm-hmm. actors, it's the whole industry kind of saying mm-hmm. that this is ridiculous. Yeah. They are equal they should have as much time as we do. There's equal role in this. We wouldn't make yeah. it without it. And I just think it's we, we talked about this before in the Oscars of like having to cut it down to get to that three-hour mark. But if you're going to pretend or at least have the idea that this is some amazing embrace of artistry, then we have to express the whole art of it. You know, right. every aspect yeah. needs yeah. to be well, included. Just imagine if you're in like Roger Deakins' shoes or Robbie Ryan or any of the cinematographers and they this is their first ever nomination. I know it's not, but first mm-hmm. ever nomination. Sure. Mm-hmm. They get their award. And just to be 
have your an afterthought. An yeah. afterthought. Yeah. I would per- if that was me and I was in their shoes, I would feel insulted. Yes. And and I would hate that. I think people will watch the show. I don't know. I know they're trying to cut it because they want to make sure they condense everything in three hours. Right. And at least get one montage in, which is fine with me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this is very insulting to the industry. Yeah. And yeah. I really do think they need to think about this and maybe retract that. Yeah, in the future. and it's not the first time they've come out with a change and quickly retracted it. So that, it's that, not like it's not like this isn't a possibility. Yeah, right? and, they, and they do mention that in the letter. I mean, everybody's everybody that signed it has been um, not everybody, but there are a lot of people who are nominated this year who have signed it, and they've all specified that the reason for the letter is because there's still enough time for the Oscar to change their minds. And so we have I I, I know that uh, Spike Lee signed it, and Sandy Powell, who's the costume yes. designer for the favorite. I mean, there's among others, so many names: Scorsese, Tarantino, Brad Pitt, George Clooney. I mean, yeah. every major names. You have Emma Stone, Francis mm-hmm. McDermott, the Cohen brothers, mm-hmm. or at least Joel Cohen. Uh, Jeff Bridges, Brad Bird, everyone is signing it because I think everyone understands that all of those people have won or have at least been nominated. Yeah, at yeah, some yeah, point. yeah. So they respect everyone else. Just imagine the future of the Oscars when, if like one of us was to be there one day, yeah. and like that's how we got insulted is just being an afterthought. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I could not. And, and we're about a week away from, a little over a week away from the Oscars. It's going to be next Sunday, the 24th. And so there's plenty of time for them to ch- shift things around. Kevin Hart was supposed to host. Well. Didn't well, happen. Yeah. Best popular film was supposed to happen. Didn't, didn't happen. happen. 2019 Oscars seemed to be like, we have decisions and then we change our mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's change our mind again, guys. Yeah. Like, we still have a little bit mm-hmm. of time to yeah. like, do it. <laughs> I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting for sure to see what happens, but I know that could be really frustrating. And, mm-hmm. and I guess... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I think that's the biggest news by far yeah. of the week in yeah. terms of with the Oscars coming so close. I'd agree. Yeah. But let's talk about some more um, Oscar predictions. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's do our part. <laughs> so today we have the screenplay uh, categories, and then we we're also going to talk about editing. So which Perfect. one would you want to start with? Let's start with... Let's start with editing. Give it yeah. the recognition it deserves because it won't be Absol- recognized. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. All right. So the nominees are Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. Okay. Thoughts? I think I'm going to go with Black Klansman. Okay. I think the there's a couple edits that are like he understands the shocking versus how to keep someone entranced in a film. Absolutely. Like I think about when they do the line dance and like they go it's like starts wide and it goes on their <gasps> faces today, and today you're night. you go really close yeah. on tight shots but mm-hmm. you never feel it's never jarring or too close. Yeah. And they walk that line really well and I think of the ending edits. Oh. Uh, I yeah. think I think of and it hits you and you're just Yeah. But it's meant to be that way. It's mm-hmm. it is meticulously laid out. And I think that movie works because of editing. Yes. And it's I and and you know I want to do mention um, um, Roma had been nominated in this category in other um, award shows okay. and I know that uh, because Guadon edited Roma and he won the Golden Globe for this yes mm. uh, but he is not nominated now so just a tidbit so if if that if it, it seemed like Roma was the obvious choice in other award shows so do we have like an obvious choice now. Here among these, I, I think Black Klansman is a good front runner. Um, I think you can make an argument for Bohemian. 
I think or like the, the, yeah. I, think, I think the 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 whole point of why that works is because it feels like a music music video, right? Or it feels like it's it's a concert film, and those things are made in editing, mm-hmm. right? If it has any kind of pattern or pacing, mm-hmm. that movie would fall apart. Yeah, you know? that recreation of the Live Aid. Yeah, um, it's almost shot for shot the same mm-hmm. and yeah as you say since it is a concert basically it works that way yeah so um and you guys have talked about the favorite a lot in past episodes what do we think about the editing for the favorite i think it's great i don't know if it'll win but i don't I, think it's great. I, I don't think it stands out among the other parts of the, sh- of the movie yeah right I, I think you're for the favorite you're way more focused on the story the cinematography the production yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely i would, I would say and, okay. and, then, and the editing never breaks that illusion but it doesn't stand out as like this is amazing okay right you know in black Klansman, you're like Oh, this is, you know it's a movie. It mm-hmm. like there's things that only happen in movies with like posters coming out and these yeah. sides, yeah. but like that's all done in post where the favorites like it doesn't break the magic that the other parts have already crafted. I see. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I would say Bohemian and Black Klansman would probably be your top two yeah. for mm-hmm. this category. I obviously would probably go with Black Klansman as well. Mm-hmm. Because it is a very quick pace, fun has it has its quirks but has a story and it has great cinematography too i don't it didn't get nominated for cinematography but it, it yeah i think has. i think the problem is is with cinematography on that is it it's going for like a cheaper it's imitating something very specific yeah if you don't like that style you can't recognize how accurate it is in newer technology mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it can be overlooked i agree um bohemian i just felt like it was a little too in your face i yeah i know what I you can mean see why? Some people want that. People want that. Yeah. People yeah. want the, especially for those who are going for that concert experience. They mm-hmm. want it in yeah. your face. They want it quick, fast, exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I feel the same for A Star is Born, but that's not nominated. No. For this yeah, one. you're right. Yeah. You're right. I feel like the same quick, fast, and exciting editing with good shots. But um, yeah, I, this is a category where I. I you, there's, like, there's like a cup, there's like a, a it's competition, hard. there's a tier level, and then there's like. And then there's like kind of another group that's like. Mm. I feel like this is the hardest one for me to predict personally. Yeah. I feel like all the other ones we've done so far, I've had a clear yeah. picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is anybody's but race, really. I think this yeah. could be anyone's race, for sure. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, let's put a pin on that one okay. and go to screenplays so that we can come back and make our predictions. Uh, let's do adapted screenplay first. And for that, we have The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star is Born. So far from what I've seen in, like, the L.A. Times or The Hollywood Reporter that they're, you know, when they announced their predictions, yeah. a lot of love is going to Black Klansman, too. Really? Yeah. I, really? The two for me yeah. are Black Klansman and Scruggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, I like the Coens. I just mm-hmm. naturally like how they're they write for the screen, and so you kind of you can get wrapped in that way. It's very comfortable. Yeah. But Black Klansman also is just like it's a real story, but it 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 adds like all the it's a perfect movie script too, mm-hmm. right? But it is a real story that you can go find and you can tell yes. where they've changed it. Yes. I think the Academy likes knowing how you've adapted the truth. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that could be said for Can You Ever Forgive Me. It is also a biopic. It's it's a super cute movie. I really liked it. Um, But the stronger one of those two, I would say, is Black Klansman Absolutely. Absolutely. I was thinking if Beale Street could talk. Really? Could take this one. That was Barry Jenkins who adapted it. It's possible. I think it's It's possible. possible. I think, well, I was going to say it's possible because when people watch that movie, I've heard so many people say it's just like the book. And, oh. and like it's, it follows yeah. the book so well. Okay. Where it, you just 
it's so easy to bring that story to life. You're not changing it up a little bit where it's like a star is born, it's adapted, but it's three mm-hmm. off yeah. three movies where you've adapted a little bit. But everyone I've talked to is, says it's very similar to the book. It's easy to follow if you've read the book. And I think people like that simplicity of content where it's mm-hmm. just you don't have to bend it a little bit and people aren't going to like feathers aren't going to be like ruffled if like it is bent a little bit right if that makes sense right um i don't know though wow these are really hard today (laughs) but i watched just because they're all they're all good they're all storytellers i think we're so focused on we we, as i think as a generation i can see why like people are more interested in seeing who's gonna win best actor and actress because that's what people care about but i love storytelling yeah all that yeah me too and so they're all good stories there's not one that can go wrong mm-hmm. I, I don't know if Ballad would get it but I just don't think it's gotten enough attention I completely agree with you right I but like there's something about it I just think it's a, it's almost a reverse Meryl Streep problem yeah where they've won too many awards and they're known for kind of quirky nice dialogue so get rid of it like, right you kind of you kind of say oh it's enough it's like a Wes Anderson problem yeah it's more yeah. accurate of this is a thing they make yeah and is it a is it a nomination for the sake of nominating the Coen brothers or well, I would say probably because of how little attention it's got. It actually is good, but everyone goes, oh, it's just a Cohen. Like, everyone mm-hmm. assumes someone else is voting for it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Okay, interesting. Okay. Let's get let's move on to the original <laughs> screenplay category, and we have The Favorite, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. Let's talk about First Reformed. I think I'm glad it got nominated yeah. for something. I think we're all very thrilled it's a great story it's so intriguing and you watch it from beginning to the end and then at the end you're just like oh my gosh i can't believe <laughs> this just happened and i'm not going to spoil it for anyone who still needs to see it um it also has really good character development yeah things happen throughout where you're like you think this one care you like w- want to know what's going to happen to this one character and then something drastic happens to him and then you're just like oh wait i didn't think he was going to be gone so soon or something like mm-hmm. like his character just like went off the deep end and so that's a really cool story in this case and so I'd love for it to get attention but I'm really pulling for the favorite yes I'm that's really, I was waiting really pulling for I was waiting for this because <laughs> there is there is nothing quite like the favorite really like I don't really I'm, like I don't know a movie to really compare it to it's kind of this own wonderful it just film it's so What's the word? I can't even... Yeah, there. <laughs> it's like it's like cattiness and like yeah. like the fighting is so it's hard. I can't describe yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's its own little new thing. Undescribable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why it should win. I think this is like where like we. It's an original screenplay. Nothing is like this before. Okay. It's a great movie. We've talked about it as like visually amazing, character wise amazing, mm-hmm. but its plot and its structure works great yeah. too. Like. It's the, the di- well, writing that dialogue between the two, like all of the characters, and you just don't even know who to root for. Yeah, is so that that balance to the story, the that balance of makes, not knowing who side you're fully on. Like, can you really support any three women in the favorite? Yeah, mm-hmm. you really. And I know, really I, yeah, and I know the the favorite one in the BAFTAs the, last yes. weekend. Yeah, they won big. Favorite. In the killed it like yeah. the Coleman one yeah Rachel Weiss one I think for yeah. best supporting actress yeah they were they were they were and they definitely it. won best original screenplay yes that for sure they beat all these other ones too but you have Green Book which won at the Golden Globes mm. and yeah. I know a lot of people weren't happy about that 
A lot of How people. So? Well, I I think people. I think a lot of people. Let me rephrase that. A lot of people who love the favorite were not happy <laughs> about it <laughs> because the favorite has its own uniqueness to it. Where the Green Book is a story that we've been kind of told before. Yes. It, it, I mean, it's a new story. It's Don't a new twist. It's a new twist on it. Well, the details it, are different. Very, it's a very realistic story that we've heard before. And it's co-written by the son of the. Okay, hold on. Um, Viggo Mortensen's character, so his, they're all playing real char- real people. Mm-hmm. The son of this guy co-wrote the screenplay for Green Book with okay. Peter Farrelly and two other people. Interesting. Yes, that, but that's all I know about it. Yeah. Other than what you're saying, it's we we know this story. Yeah. It's kind of repeated. The favorite just has so many interesting twists and turns, mm-hmm. and kind of goes. A mix of so many different elements into it where it's just like you watch it and you're like wow green book is your simple story of kind of um a partnership turning to friendship yeah vibe yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's okay that's great i mean people loved it i i will say i still have yet to see green book <laughs> <laughs> i am so behind and i have yet to see green book so i can't you can't take everything i say like no, but I, I do but. think it adds, like, the fact that you watch the Green Book trailers and you're like, I know what this is roughly yeah. about. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the f- trailers for The Favorite before you're you see, right. and you're like, what is this? And you go and you see it, and you're mm-hmm. like, what is this? Yes. <laughs> you, yeah. you need right. to watch it again. Yeah. The Favorite yeah. is one of those movies you need to think about for a while and then go back to the theaters and watch. Which is why, at the same time, it may not win. Because people may thought, it, got, yeah. they, you know, they got averse from the first time watching it and were like, this is too out there for me. There's so many movies like that. that yeah. You watch it once and you're like, I'm done. You can't watch yeah. it. But there's those people who might go watch it again. So you could say if you're watching Green Book the first time, you might end up being satisfied. Or you read the story the first mm-hmm. time you're satisfied. The favorite, maybe not. Mm-hmm. So you could make that argument. Because the other two that are in this list are Roma and Vice. I know you guys watch Vice. What mm-hmm. did you think of the script? It's good, but it's it's like it's not amazing. It has the okay. same problem that the Big Short has. Where it's really clever and it's mm-hmm. being quippy, but it's also you're talking about serious things and people can get toned out because they're talking. They're actually explaining something. Where it's like an in between a lecture and a movie, mm-hmm. and this one's more like a documentary that you know a little bit, but it's not amazing. It's fun, yeah. But it, I don't think it would win this category. Okay, and I feel the same way about Roma too. I mean, it, since it is a movie about situations, and it's not necessarily there's no like. Plot that, no you, main, yeah. that we're There's following, no plot in Roma, but right? It definitely focuses on more theme, which I love. Yes, but I don't think it's a very Lady Bird kind of movie in terms of that. And Lady Bird didn't win, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect Roma to win, right? Either they of, want uh, of uh, all the things that Roma's nominated for, I would probably assume that this is not the one that they're going to take home. Yeah, and Roma's going to take home a lot of awards. Yes, but that would definitely will not be one, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah they're going to take home so many other. I things. mean, out of ten. If they get nine out of ten, yeah. yeah. Right. I think Roma and this is Roma and the favorite are tied. Ten nominations each. Yes, absolutely. Roma's gonna take home way more. Yeah. Yeah. The favorite has very few it could win. I think this is one it could win. That's a yeah. fair statement. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I think I think there's probably gonna be four. I think if anything, the favorite could win four. This one, production design, costume, mm-hmm. and supporting. Or maybe maybe, maybe Coleman. Maybe Coleman. Ah, no. I, I, I'm going with three. I'm going with okay. I know. It's okay. so rough. Yeah. yeah. And so I would love for it to win. But is it a complete story? That's the argument mm-hmm. that is going to be made mm-hmm. before they make their decision. Is it a complete story? Yeah. 
<sighs> interesting. So interesting. Yeah. Should we make our predictions? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All let's, right. let's go back to editing. Okay. What do we think? Should win, will win. I think should go and th- will Black Klansman. I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree too. Yeah. I'm going. I yes. Yeah. With I mean, I remember when it's we good. at the end of last semester when we were picking our favorites of 2018. I remember picking uh, Isle of Dogs, but Black Klansman is just up there too. It's a great movie. It's a great it's movie. It's a great movie. And I've seen it so many more times since then, and I just love it every time. I find so many things to it there's, in there's, every viewing. Yeah, it's great viewing, so, great story. Yeah, and if and if and if Spike Lee's gonna win anything, because he co-wrote that, and so if he's gonna take anything, I would hope that it would be that too, for sure. How about? Um, oh wait, I mixed our categories. Oops. Oh, it's Adapted fine. screenplay is what I was hoping that he'd get too. Because we were talking about adapted screenplay a minute ago for about Councilman as well. Should win, will win. For adapted, I, I would adapted say I would Black say Klansman. Black Klansman as well. That's the one yeah. I want Spike Lee to take home. <sighs> so editing and adapted screenplay, Richard and I are saying Black Klansman. I what do you think? Okay. You go Beale Street. I'm gonna go right now with Beale Street. Okay. I'm going with Beale Street. It's a smart bet. I'll be real. It's <laughs> safe. Yeah, I would go with Beale Street. Okay. And. Um, but I think should. I'm just. I, I think Black Klansman should. Um, but I think Beale Street would. Okay. So. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Let's go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with that for my uh, predictions. Okay. And original screenplay. I think we've. I think we kind of agree. Yeah. I think Andrew and I on the favorite. I want the favorite to yeah. win. I don't know if it's going to win. Uh, shout out to First Reformed. I think we both agree to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it deserves to be in this category. Oh, but absolutely. I think the favorite just... I'm going with... You know, I'm going with favorite. Yeah, I'm with I'm you. With I'm favorite. 100% with okay. you. Please, please. I'll Give sh- them something. I'll shout out to Roma, but I agree with you. I, I'll i go with the favorite as well. Okay. Yeah. Wow, we've got an interesting show that's going to happen with uh, <laughs> yeah. the Academy. I mean, it's clear that we're all like on the same page for a lot mm-hmm. of things, and I think... A lot of people would also agree with our predictions because we're just at this point we're ta- like us three are talking about it, but everyone else is talking about them. We're given there's so much time left until the Oscars where yeah. like people can be swayed anyway, but people can yeah. just talk about it and make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of people are kind of getting on the same page of like what they want. Yes, if that mm-hmm. makes yes. sense. I would agree. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. we have one more week before. One yeah. more week. What, what, let's give our audience a preview of what we'll talk about next week. Next week, we're going to talk about original score, costume design, visual effects, and production design. Ooh, it'll be a fun, mm. artsy, mm. Yes. artsy approach. Super arts, the artsy. <laughs> Andrew gave us a little sneak peek at his you know, top picks for some of those categories. Yeah. So, but <laughs> we'll get into that more next week. <laughs> yes. That's it's going to awesome. be a good one. It's going to be a good one. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. And be sure to give us a follow. And at FrogFlix on Twitter. FrogFlix. And anything else? No, I think that's it. No, just check out our reviews on 360, and we'll see you next week. All right. See you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.